This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? We are ready to get into the Word. This is part two of God's Kingdom, Diversity, Equity, and Truth. Uh, Crystal Gale and I had a great time speaking together last week online, and so here we go. We are going to jump into this. Um, I hope you uh, were able to enjoy worship, um, and um, let me just pray for this word, and then we're going to jump right in. Um, it's good to see everyone. I'm glad to see you here. I'm stoked you're here and getting ministered to right here online. So, so allow me to just pray over this moment we're going to have together in the word of God, and we will do this. So Father, we thank you today for your holy word. We thank you for uh, the revelation of your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. It's gonna speak truth and speak life into us in and through it today. And we thank you, Father, uh, for all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. All right, here we go. So I'm really gonna kind of focus on the diversity uh, portion of this. I know my wife and I touched on it a little bit. And, um, but today I just feel really led to and speak specifically, um, just kind of look at and unpack um, um, uh, uh, something I like to call kingdom community. All right. So if you're with anyone or you just want to say it out loud, say it with me, say kingdom community. All right. So so when when we talk about the God's kingdom, uh, we talk about communities in there. Community is a part of it. And uh, we're going to just look at this and how diversity comes into play with this. So here it is. Um, there is a sanctity, okay, in, in Christian community. Okay, there, this is, there's something sacred about this. This isn't just hanging out with people. This isn't just friendship. This isn't just social. There is this sanctity, this sacredness when Christians connect, okay? And so there's something holy about it, all right? Um, and so what is holy about it? Christ, okay? Uh, that, 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 that Christ, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is what makes our relational connection so sacred. It's because of Christ, okay? And it is because of the Christ in us. It is Jesus in us. It is his presence. It is him. It is the Holy Spirit. It is the word of God. It is God himself dwelling in us, uh, jars of clay, human tabernacles, and we fellowship with one another. We have community, and it is Christ in us and in each other that makes our connection so sacred. Okay, there's, this is powerful. This, and so, so this is gonna lead us somewhere, okay? I just wanna lay a foundation of, this. So when it comes to faith in Christ, uh, a person instantly becomes our brother and or, or sister in Christ. Okay. So, so there's some exchange, there's something spiritual that happens for that individual when they put their faith in Christ. And there is something that changes the dynamic of our relationship with that person because of Christ, okay? It is because of Christ and they instantly become our brother and sister in 
Christ. So this is supernatural. This is spiritual. This is of God. This, this is uh, something in the spirit. It is, it is of the spirit of God. This is, this, this is sacred. It is holy. Um, there's something very special and unique about it that we will have with those um, in Christ, uh, a connection we have that we will not have with anybody else. Um, it doesn't mean that we love anybody, love other people any less or treat them any different per se because the Christ in us desires to serve and love all people. And so we um, desire to um, serve and love people and be Christ to those that are that are outside of uh, of Christ that don't know him or not walking with them that doesn't change our love for them or or anything like that but the connection the mutual connection the 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 dialogue that takes place between two believers is something that is unparalleled and you can't um, you, we can't replace that. We must value it. We must, we must nurture it. Okay. And so that's what I mean by kingdom community. Okay. So, so here it is. Here's my first point. All right. First point is this, uh, kingdom community is a Christ thing. Okay. I can say it another way. Kingdom community is a spiritual thing. It is a Christ thing. It is fundamental and foundation to our faith. It is fundamental and foundation to the early church. It is fundamental and foundation, fun, fundamental and foundation to how Christ lived and walked the earth as we read in the gospels. And so this is just something so powerful. So when we talk about God's kingdom, we're talking about equity and diversity and truth. I, you know, the, 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 the real goal here, the real outcome of this is community, is communion among God's people, okay? So here, let's look at this, let's look at this verse now. Acts chapter two, verse 42, okay? So here it is, Acts two, verse 42. This is shortly after the, you know, just a, a number of verses right after the Holy Spirit came, and, uh, and the church, in essence, was birthed in the earth at this point. And here it is, Acts 2.42. And they, talking about Christ's followers, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Everybody say teaching and fellowship. Everybody say community. In the breaking of bread. Everybody say community and in prayers, okay? Somebody say community. And so, so here it is. I mean, this is the picture of church. This is it. This, this is the, this is um, the, the, the model, the, the method. This is what matters when it comes to community, that there is apostolic teaching and doctrine. There is teaching. There is um, there is the teaching of the apostolic doctrine, which is the apostles, the founding apostles. Uh, are the letters we read are, in, 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 a, in a sense, they're apostolic letters. They are the uh, they are the the apostolic witness of Christ. That's what we teach and fellowship, man, and the breaking of bread and in prayers. All right, so so this is it. This is this is kingdom community right here. All right. This is God's kingdom. Right. So so when we exchange spirituality. OK, now I talk about the church here. 
I'm talking about the church, talking about uh, maybe maybe challenge our approach as church leaders and as the church is represented in a, in whatever nation or locale they're in, that this is the this is the danger of not being a true kingdom community or really represented it the way God intended is is when we exchange spirituality for culture, we, we are missing God. And so so what I mean by this is it is that kingdom community is a Christ thing, it's a spiritual thing. So, so if that's the case, if that's our mandate, if, 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 if the teaching uh, of the word of God and fellowship and, and the breaking of bread and prayers is the foundation, then and it is spiritual. It is of the, of God. It is of the spirit of God. It is a Christ thing. Then, then our churches will represent that. Our churches will represent a spiritual dynamic that is not trying to appeal to just a specific culture, all right? So we are not here, I mean, as a pastor, I'm not here to get people to fulfill a moral obligation of attending a church that they feel comfortable at. Come on, somebody say amen, right? But we are here to help to satisfy a spiritual longing in Christ. This isn't about outward moral obligation, this is about satisfying the spiritual longing within humanity for Christ, the, the, for who he is, for him, his presence, his word, that only he can complete us and satisfy us, okay? So this is the, this is the thing that we as believers, you know, um, at times, if, if, if we aren't locked into Christ and pursuing him on a spiritual level, then, then we'll look for churches that make us comfortable with our culture. All right. Instead of a church community that will challenge us to be more like Jesus. Can I get an amen, somebody? All right. So so me as a, me and Crystal Gale, us as pastors, we're not trying to create a, a, a comfortable place for for a specific culture, um, whether whether it be a church culture or American church culture or whatever, you know, no, we are, 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 are by God's grace, uh, doing our best to build a, a kingdom community that will challenge those that call this their community to be more like Jesus. Amen. So once again, my first point, folks, kingdom community is a Christ thing. So let's look at the definition of the word fellowship. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and they continue steadfastly, and steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and, and fellowship. Somebody say kingdom community. In the breaking of bread and in prayers, fellowship, so the word koinonia. This is what it means. It means joint participation, communion, spiritual fellowship, a fellowship in the spirit, a fellowship in the spirit, kingdom community. It's a Christ thing. It's a spiritual thing. And so we're talking about diversity and, and we need to get, we need to get, Christ needs to be the thing. Uh, the spiritual aspect and characteristic of Christ, the Holy Spirit, that must be the thing. There is no other thing. That's not, fellowship is not just social, right? It is spiritual. It's not even that we are doing overtly, quote unquote, spiritual things. It's that Whatever we do together, we our communion, our, our our connection is spiritual because of Christ. It's a fellowship in the spirit. It is communion 
in the spirit. The Bible says that we ought to know each other by the spirit, that we got to get to know each other. The people say uh, blood is thicker than water, but I'm going to say spirit is, is thicker than blood. Okay, spirit is thicker than blood. Okay, and fellowship in the spirit to share, to share, to share and partake. So it's, it's to give and receive. This is an exchange, okay? It's mutual benefaction, okay? So it, 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 in essence, is a spiritual exchange between two people that have Christ in their soul. This is what fellowship is. This is what the early church was. This is what the church did, that this thing was spiritual. And if it's spiritual, then then everything else that makes us who we are is secondary to that. It is the eternal peace and part of what that person that you sit next to in church and you, you know, it's, 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 it's something that is beyond natural. It's not, it's deeper than ethnicity. It is deeper than culture. It is deeper than geography. It is G- deeper than socioeconomic. It is spiritual that the, that we as humans are spiritual beings and we desire to be satisfied because we all have a spiritual longing. We have a spiritual longing for God and, and the questions of my existence. And I have a spiritual longing that I desire from others. There's There's a longing in me for the Christ in you, and we need to get to that. This doesn't mean we dishonor or disregard everything else about that person. I believe with all of my heart that if we can touch people in the spirit, we can more adequately um, nurture and celebrate and affirm all those other parts and unique in, in the uniqueness of who they are in their ethnicity and culture and background and geography. Somebody say amen. Okay, so so Christ, it is the Christ in us, all right? It is the Christ in us. It is a Christ thing, okay? This is joint participation. This is spiritual fellowship. This is, a, in essence, a spiritual exchange that you get the, to do this. This is a privilege and, and a sacred, holy thing that happens between and among Christ's followers. All right, let's look at this, First John. First John chapter one, verse one. Look at this. Here it is again. All right. I'm going to read verse one to verse three. Okay. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Okay. He's talking about Jesus. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the father and was manifested to us, us. Okay, so look at this. This is talking about an encounter with Jesus, talking about coming into the knowledge, the saving knowledge of Christ, encountering him, experiencing him, coming to know him. And when that happens, we declare this to others. Okay, this eternal life, which was with the Father, was manifested to us. Verse three, that which we have seen and heard we declare to you, all right? Somebody say fellowship, that you also may have fellowship with us. My, ex- my spiritual experience, encounter, and revelation of Christ 
I then declare to others, I share that with others, that they might come into the fellowship of Christ, right? So this is spiritual. There is nothing in here that says that the context is anything from this natural world, anything from this natural creation, that this is spiritual. This this exchange here in 1 John 1, 1 to 3, of encountering God, declaring, and in so doing, the heart behind it is that we could fellowship with one another on a spiritual level. The, 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 the context here is divine. It is sacred. It is spiritual, okay? The, 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 the context is a spiritual exchange, kingdom community. All right, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here it goes. Here's my second point, folks. This is a question. This is a question. Who not like you do you fellowship with? Yeah, come on now. Who not like you? Different skin color different background, different neighborhood, different upbringing, who not like you as far as every other thing and all that stuff matters, but who not like you do you fellowship with, okay? The true test, the true test of spirituality is found in the level and type of relationships you have, okay? So here we go, here we go, okay? The, the truest test and most authentic representation of true love for people is found in the inner circle, fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. Everybody say community. That's where it's found. That's where it's found. Okay, because look here, let me let me tell you this here. Your political party, your social media friends, your library, your, or economic preference tells me nothing about whether you love a, a different type of people or not. Okay, now, you know, those things might line up, okay, but, but, but your, your, people can read all kinds of books, but if you ain't got no friends about those books you're reading, that tells me something. Come on, somebody. The, 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 where the rubber meets the road, where the proof is in the pudding. Come on now. It, it's, it, it's a, so let me see who you hung out with over the last seven days. Okay, that, that tells me. All right, come on now. Who did you have over your house? I know some people, they ain't trying to let people in the house nowadays. But, um, but, but, but who is in that place? Who are your mentors? Okay, because we it's easy to have a political party that a certain different people group can, can, can kind of fit our political preference. They kind of fit that. So we're like, yeah, that's my I love those people. But you ain't got no friends that, ain't, that are like that. Or you got, got, got no mentors, nobody you're discipling. So back to the question of who not like you, do you authentically fellowship with? All right. You know, who are those that know more about you than anybody? And are they different than you? Is it spiritual? Okay, come on now. Those things, um, you know, you know, those other things. Don't tell me. Look at I. Um, I'm telling you here. Um, look at diversity is not the goal in the church. I know you guys are probably like you're probably like what really? That's your sub point on the sermon series. Yes, it is. But the goal is community, Christian community, kingdom community. The goal is Christ. And if we get that right, the community will be diverse. 
because we ain't trying to strum a cultural chord. We are, we want to please Christ and we want to strum a spiritual longing in people, which is him. And if we get him, we're going to get diverse. Okay. We don't have to work hard for diversity. I understand practical things in society. Like there has to be intentionality, right? I understand that. But if we authentically get Christ right, I'm telling you, when it comes to a kingdom community, a Christian community, a Christ-centered community, that that all nations will flow, that we will reach those outside of our circle, all right? So communion, right, is based on Christ. If it's based on Christ, then our community's inner, inner, inner circle will diversify, and they won't be monochromatic. Come on, somebody say amen. We, we can't, we don't, we, we can't be doing that in LA. We can't be having some monochromatic church. Somebody say amen. Monochromatic inner circle. That needs to diversify. Come on, somebody. So we want Whole Plan to, we want people, Whole Plan people that are part of this community to have a Christ experience, not some religious monochromatic cultural experience. I understand there's culture everything, everywhere, and churches have culture, but you understand when we're talking about Christ or culture, we want Christ. And Christ creates diversity in culture. If communion in the body is the goal, it requires that we preach the kingdom, kingdom community, all right? When the kingdom is preached, our communities will become more and more biblical. Hallelujah. All right, so let's look at the book of Acts here. Let's look at that. The Acts is our example. You wanna say, how should the church be? How should the church run? Book of Acts is the place to go. So here we go. Acts chapter two, verse seven, day of Pentecost. Here it goes. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? I'm gonna be reading to verse 12. And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians, here's a list of, of people, groups, nations, and areas um, that and people that were there on the day of Pentecost, Par- Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our tongues, the wonderful works of God, so that so they are all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Come on, somebody, talk about, that's a Holy Ghost party, and when the Holy Ghost, when God throws a Holy Ghost party, all kind of people gonna be in the mix, all right? All kind of people. Why, is Christ, is spiritual, it's from heaven. There came a sound from heaven. When there is a sound from heaven in a community, in a person's life, their inner circle, and that community will diversify. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Here's another example. So after the persecution came, God told them, go into all the world. The Jerusalem, the the Jewish believers, predominantly Jewish believers at this point, predominantly heavily Jewish community, the, 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 the early church, first church, Right, so persecution came, and they and they and they went out, and they started to preach, and literally communities started to form. And so here they are in Antioch. In Antioch, that was one of the places they went, and um, Antioch's in current uh, present day Syria. 
Okay, so this is kind of like a lot, a lot of people have written about Antioch, a lot of uh, theologians and even just maybe more modern day preachers about how that kind of that, that Antioch's kind of like the model church, right? It's like very much a lateral kind of movement. It's not like this one place. It's like, let's build community. Let's establish community, establish leaders, send out teachers and apostles and disciple. And it's kind of very mobile moving. Uh, the leadership was mobile. They were, you know, so the, the Antioch church is kind of like this early church model of what church is. So here, let's just look at one little aspect, one little aspect of this. Um, um, Acts 13, verse one, it says, now in the church, somebody say in the church, kingdom community. Now in the church, there was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, uh, Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. So it just describes a few of the leaders, okay, teachers and prophets. So these are spiritual leaders, uh, what we call maybe spiritual offices, as said in Ephesians, First apostles, you know, apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers for the equipping of the saints. So it kind of it's saying that these are leaders, okay, in the church. So the leadership here is diverse. So when leaders, when there's a move of God and it's a sound from heaven, the spirit of God is moving, Christ is the focus, leadership will be diverse, okay? Leadership will be diverse. Here it is. The leaders were diverse. Here it is, Paul, a Pharisee, and Barnabas, who was also a Jew, but... Um, Based on the fact that he was able to sell property and give it to the apostles and lay it at the apostles' feet, uh, the, 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 the resources from that tell us that he probably came from some element of wealth to some degree. Um, so that's like, kind of like this religious and socioeconomic diversity there. They were both Jew but came from different groups in Judaism. Simeon is said to most likely be from northern Africa. Lucius was from modern-day Libya, okay? Um, and Menaean was brought up in Roman custom. Roman custom and culture and closely associated with the Roman Empire, uh, with, the, with the family of the Roman Empire, okay? He came up potentially even related, okay, to uh, in the Roman Empire family, okay? So um, Antioch, very diverse. So here, I just want to read a little bit about Antioch here, just in history and kind of what that looked like, okay? Because we're talking about here, you know, Kingdom community is a Christ thing. And who not like you do you fellowship with? All right. So here it is. There were 18 different ethnic groups living within the city's boundaries of Antioch. Okay. Yet division remained. There was a lot of separation. People kind of stuck with themselves. Okay. And that, that's nothing. That's, that's, that, that's still like that today at times. Um, and these groups largely kept in their own communities. Okay, so think about that city, a um, lot of different groups there, ethnicities, and they kind of stayed with themselves. So what's interesting here in Acts eleven twenty six, it says that this is where they were first called Christians. Somebody say Christ. Okay, kingdom communities are Christ thing. So this was called, they were called Christians from people on the outside. Okay, and so presumably, at least in part because they were difficult to categorize because it was so diverse. So they were in a very diverse city, but the diversity within that city was divided. But the Antioch church was not, it was diverse. And they just had to categorize these people because they couldn't equate them to a certain ethnicity, um, religious background or nation. 
Hallelujah. So in a place where people kept to themselves, here was a group called Christians who did not. That's your, that, that, that's, let's not keep to ourselves. Let's have communion, spiritual exchange with one another. Okay, so here it is. Here it is, folks. Here's my next point. Kingdom community will challenge us. It's a good thing. It will challenge us. It will challenge our comforts. It will challenge things because there's going to be people around us because it's different and diverse. Their ideologies are different. Their political views are different. But Christ must be the focus. All right? Community, Christian community, Christ community, kingdom community will challenge our comforts so we can grow in Christ. It will challenge it will challenge Christ's community, will challenge our, our ideologies, will challenge our prejudices, it will challenge our racism, it will challenge our, our, our judgments of people, okay? Come on now, when Christ is our goal, the focal point, and the object, uh, and the object of our affection, our inner circle will change. Our inner circle will change because the win, the goal, is Christ, spiritual. And when that's the goal, the dynamic of who we're around and where they're from will be diverse. Hallelujah. Here we go. So we may have certain prejudices in us, okay, about certain types of people, all right? And if we're all honest, I'm sure we do. And, and and we all have something. There's, there's something, there's a perspective, an approach that we have that very well could be prejudice, could have, we, could have a, we, could, we, could, we could have a little hate in us, all right? Uh, we could have a little, you know, eh, I don't, you know, I don't know about those people. Come on now. And we get in Christ's community, man, we start to, ooh, I gotta walk through this. I'm telling you, uh, diverse communities, um, have a certain warfare that come with them, right? Have a certain job, and I, I am all for it. I am not, let's do it. Let's, let's walk through this together because Christ is the answer, okay? So, so we may have this, okay? So these prejudices we have, these prejudices we have will hinder us and others from sharing in the blessing of kingdom community. These prejudices, if we, if we don't deal with them, if we don't surrender them, if we don't allow God to shine his light on them, if we keep them and hide them and hold them, you know, we will rob ourselves and others of the Christ that's in us and others, all right? So here are some things. Here are some areas that you and I may be prejudiced in. We just might have a little about certain people that may fall into a different category that I'm about to read. I got five of them here, all right? I got five of them here. But before I read them, I wanna read 1 John chapter 1, verse seven. Let's read that, verse seven to eight. Here it goes. 1 John chapter 1, verses seven to eight. It says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, somebody say spiritual. Somebody say, I'm gonna walk in the spirit. Okay, so, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, what are we talking about, Christ? We're talking about Christ, talking about Jesus. I wanna be like Jesus, that's my prayer request. I wanna be like Jesus. That's my prayer request every day, I wanna be like him. I wanna be like him. I wanna be like Jesus. So, but if we walk in the light as he's in the light, 
We have, look at this, we have fellowship with one another. It doesn't give the criteria of who we have fellowship with. Uh, it just says if we're in Christ, if we are in the spirit, we're gonna have fellowship with one another. I'm telling you right now, when we get in the flesh and we got this ego and this pride about every other aspect of who we are, it could very well hinder us from having fellowship, the Christ inside that other person that is not like who you are. But if we walk in the light, as he is in light, we have fellowship with one another. When we walk in darkness, when we walk in the shadows of, of all those other things, we, we rob ourselves of the Christ in others and we rob them from experiencing the Christ in us. Once again, verse seven, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Look at this, and the blood, the blood of Jesus, the, the blood that shed for all humanity that ties all of humanity together. The Bible says that through the cross, we have been reconciled to Christ and reconciled us in one body. So God, the blood, the cross, does not only reconcile humanity to God, it reconciles humanity back together. We've been reconciled and brought into one body. One body, different members. Every part does it share. When we um, uh, allow the strongholds or mindsets that come from the world, and we allow that to control our relational context, and we allow that to control our inner circle, and we allow that to control who we allow into our life, and we limit it based on natural things, I'm telling you, we're missing Jesus. We are missing Christ, and it says, and the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Jesus reconciles humanity to God and humanity in Christ to one another, all right? Jesus Christ, the Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, okay? Uh, look at, this is, this is beautiful here, why? Because it says if you say that you have no sin, you deceive yourselves, the truth isn't in you. This is why. Because we really start to discover the issues of our life when we're in true fellowship with one another. When we're walking in the light, seizing the light, I'm telling you right now, we have a limitless capacity to be deceived. I mean, sometimes even we need people to help us even when we feel like we've heard from God. Um, you know, it's the people that I, I'm concerned with, that I worry about, that, that that's, they only hear from God and that can't nobody else tell them nothing, okay? So when people, you know, that, that's, what, that's what community's for. Uh, you got you got to get a witness, man. You gotta you gotta submit what you thought you heard God tell you to other people too. I mean, if if you if you think for one minute that you can just go and hear from God and don't need nobody else to speak into your life, don't have anybody else to check what you're thinking or doing. I'm telling you, there's plenty of people that can hear from God, but they they they're, they're, because they don't because they're not in relationship because they're not in fellowship, they miss the timing. They miss. They missed the way God wanted that thing to roll out because they're too prideful, got their ego or whatever it is. Um, they need to be healed uh, so they can come into relationship with other people. I'm telling you right now, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. This verse is in the context of talking about our human relationships and our fellowship with people, okay? So, so I'm telling you, it's people that help us um, stay in purpose, and 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 we need we need to learn how to how to allow others to speak into our life, even when we feel we have heard directly from God. All right, Hallelujah. Here we go. So here are some five areas 
that that we I, I mean, if we're going to be honest, that there's something here that 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 you can lay down at the altar. I'm telling you right now, including myself, um, like like I said, verse eight, first John one eight. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We have to be willing to evaluate these areas. If we're going to preach a series called God's kingdom, diversity, um, equity and truth, equity, diversity and truth, whichever order we put it in. Uh, we got to talk about this stuff. So here it is. Here's some things that, that, that separate people, even, even in Christian community, because they have hangups. They have issues. They have prejudices. Number one, socioeconomic. All of us, we need to, we need to deal with those that whether the, the socioeconomic picture is somebody that looks more resourced than us, more privileged than us, or, or less. And, and, and we need to deal with our prejudices and biases toward people that don't fit in our socioeconomic status. Come on now. Somebody say Amen. And even within certain ethnicities, there's socioeconomic prejudices within the same ethnicity or nationality. I mean, they, they got all up in there, right? They're, they're socioeconomic, okay? Number two, and we, we described here in the early church, there was socioeconomic diversity. Number two, ethnic. There's this part of who people are and where they come from that there are prejudices even in Christian community and we need to, we need to be Christ and, and deal with our ethnic prejudices. Hallelujah. Number three, cultural, okay? Because, you know, culture is very broad and, and, it, and, and I mean, I personally, I come from a subculture that is a true culture. It's kind of shaped a lot of who I've been and I've had to get delivered of a lot of it but I come from a, a skateboard culture of the 80s and 90s. And now it's just, a, it's, a di it's still skateboarding. It is a different culture though. Uh, we it's, uh, back then it was very much a subculture, an underground type of culture. And so um, that's where I come from. Um, so, but there are things in there that aren't Christ that I have adopted, I've taken on, I've had to walk through. There's things in there that that culture I came from, there's prejudices in it toward others outside of it that I have to, I have to submit to the Lord. I have to say, man, I, I want communion in Christ with others. And I have to deal with my socioeconomic prejudices, my ethnic prejudices, my cultural prejudices. Okay, here's another one, geographic. And that's big around here in, in LA, California. I mean, we, we got pride around the exact street we grew up on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got pride around the neighbor. I mean, there's neighborhoods in the same city or even sub neighborhoods, and it's like people claim that, and 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 to connect spiritually to those outside of your geography, we must surrender the idol of our geographic pride. Somebody say, "Man, come on now!" Even sports teams, you know what I mean? There's there's a lot of pride in that, uh, and those are attached to geography. Okay. All right, here's another one. Here's the fifth one. These are just some, but I, I you know, the, the, this is diversity here. We need, we want every socioeconomic, every ethnic, every cultural, every geographic. We want to love, celebrate, and be Christ to every person in these categories. Okay? All right? Here's a fifth one. Spiritual condition. And that's big in the church because um, based on somebody's spiritual condition or 
or church know-how or church life, we kind of shut those people aside and say, oh, you know, I don't know. If, you know, they're, they're not as spiritually strong as me or they're not this or they're not, they're not prophetic and they don't prophesy and they don't do this. And, they, and we have this, we have these prejudices, these biases, these, these divisions in the church based on where somebody is spiritually, okay? And um, how will we, will we truly love somebody that comes in that, that um, can look even from the outside like this person is in a dark spiritual place, maybe even demonic? Like how do we, are we gonna love that person? Are we gonna stay away from them? Are we gonna, you know what I mean? Are we gonna like, oh man, you know, I don't want them to mess up my life. I don't, I don't want them to inconvenience you know, the stability of my life, right? Like we, we have to deal with this. And, and, and once again, I'm gonna just close with this verse once more, one more time. First John 1, 7, and I'm gonna pray. But, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, fellowship with all these people that find themselves in multiple areas uh, of how we want, how society would label them, all right? It says we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us. Us, not me, us, okay? Not I, but we cleanses us from all sin. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So here we're quick, real quick, I'm gonna review the points and I'm gonna pray. Number one, kingdom community is a Christ thing. Kingdom community is a Christ thing. All right, and the second question here, who not like you do you fellowship with? Who not like you do you fellowship with? All right, and here's the last one. Kingdom community will challenge us. Okay, and I'll even add something to that. Kingdom community is designed to challenge us to grow in Christ. Kingdom community. It's designed to challenge us to grow in Christ. Let me pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for everybody joining today. I pray in the name of Jesus. If there's any prejudices, any hate, any, any just mindsets toward others that don't fit into whatever it is that, that we think they should fit in, I pray, God, that we would step into a deeper love for them, that we would genuinely and authentically manifest Christ. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that we that make up Hopeland Church, those that would call this their home, that would call Crystal Gale and I their pastors, I pray in the name of Jesus, uh, Father, that, that, that they would manifest the word of life, that they would manifest Christ in and through every relationship they develop and come across. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that we would be a community that magnifies you and brings you glory as a community in and through our relationships. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings and don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.